take time to identify what you want, you know, and know that you can create anything that you want. So don't feel stuck. Like know that anything is possible. I think if you hold on to that and really know that you can create, you can design, amazing things can happen. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and I love today's guest, and I know you will too. Kathy Kristen is a spirited boss babe, serial entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and facilitator, as well as best-selling author dedicated to helping others live a life they love. She brings profound awareness to the extraordinary possibilities within everyone she meets and provides businesses and personal coaching tools to help individuals and organizations elevate to their highest potential. She has coached hundreds of individuals over the past decade to start and grow profitable businesses and exclusively mentors 35 entrepreneurs across multiple market spaces annually. Kathy, great to have you. This is going to be such a fun discussion. Welcome to the show. So excited to be here. Uh, Thank you, Dr. Richard. Uh, I'm stoked. (laughs) This is going to be awesome. I've had this one kind of circled on my calendar for a while since we initially booked it. So there's so many things you're doing and so many ways we can go. But you've been in the business of helping people achieve extraordinary things. Talk to us about your background and what started you helping people live a life that they love. Absolutely. Uh, so for me, I, it started back younger, uh, doing a lot of uh, mission work in my, in my middle school years and high school years. Uh, I grew up very low income. Uh, and, I, and I noticed uh, my dad was always so happy and we didn't have much, right? And, and he'd always take us to serve and give. And I remember also watching where my, my mom wasn't as happy. And I, and I didn't understand why, but I just I knew that my dad loved giving and contributing and I'd, and I'd do that. But through that process, you know, my dad talked a lot about, you know, what, what is it that you want? You know, what do you want for your life? What do you want to do? Who do you want to be? And, and that started, you know, a process of me thinking, you know, about in these like, you've been given these talents and gifts, and it's up to you to utilize those, you know, where you want to use them. And I found out later in my college years that that was the difference where my mom had these gifts and talents and she had these goals, but she, she never, Got to go after them, and so there was a sense of, you know, resentment, um, frustration, uh, bitterness, you know, towards not not living the life that she like. That's not the life she wanted. And my father uh, was, was a very simple man, and he's like, I wanted to get married, I wanted a family, you know, I wanted to do it, it, be able to contribute, work in my turn. He's like, and I'm doing those things. He's like, and we're all different. It's not a good or a bad thing, but you know, it's it's being aligned with knowing like what you want for your life and like actually living that out. Uh, that really helps that process. And so I remember um, watching and looking at people and I was like, man, they're so great with people or like they have so much potential and, and, and seeing like wasted potential. And I don't know where this like 
desire within me came where I was just like, oh my gosh, like there's so many incredible people in this world that have so much like talent, so many gifts, and they're just not using them. And, and I remember being in college and I was with a counselor and she's like, you know, what do you want to do? And I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I was studying to be an accountant and and she said, you know, give me your dream title. I said, I want to be a maximum potential finder. And she started laughing and she was like, really? And I said, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, I get a lot of joy from helping speak the, the truth, what I see in others to them, you know, and, and, and really seeing them start thinking about that because I, I feel like there are people that have never even thought about what's possible for them, right? Like they've never, it's just never crossed their mind because they didn't grow up in an environment where you know possibilities were an option, right? <laughs> just kind of get by. And growing up lower income, that's how I grew up, where it was just kind of like you do the best with what you have, right? And 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 part of you know the the things I heard when I was younger or got instilled were, were almost like if you're wanting more, it's like you're not thankful for what you have, you know. So you just kind of do the best with what you have. Um, but as I as I you know. Started working. I had my first sales job, uh, and and that really shifted things. Where I saw, like, oh my gosh, like even myself, which I knew I could do anything I wanted to do, I had never taken time to really dream about what I wanted. Uh, I knew what I didn't want, uh, but I but I'd never really identified what I wanted. And when I sat down initially to make like sales goals because I wanted to study abroad in London. You know, I wanted to do some different things in my ministry. What do you want to do? You know, and and I saw that process. All of a sudden, I saw how that translated into different areas of my life, and and I really went on a mission to help others. And I was blessed to have an opportunity to to open my own office and start using that. And so for me, I worked in the direct sales industry uh, for many years, uh, almost two decades, and that is a place where I used my passion for helping people achieve at the highest levels. Uh, and just really helping them with their mindset, you know, and and self confidence, and planning, and vision, and being able to go out and really not just be stuck with whatever they were given, uh, but really encouraging them that anything was possible. You know, it was up to them uh, to actually uh, decide what they wanted and make a plan to go out there and get it, uh, versus sitting and being the victim. And whether it was bad circumstances they were dealt. Which unfortunately, people, you know, like we've gone, there's, I know a lot of people have been through some crappy things, and so have I. And you could sit and shut down, right? Or you could decide, I, I don't want this, like I want this, uh, and use those circumstances as fuel, you know, and, and also as a sense of encouragement to others of what you've overcome to be able to go out and excel. And I saw there were people that lacked confidence because of maybe physical or, or verbal abuse, right? And and they just had kind of lost their voice, and and didn't didn't believe that those things were possible for them anymore, and and so that really became something um, heavy on my heart. You know that I feel like my creator put on my heart to to really help people see possibilities, and and help them grow into that and provide an environment where they were able to. There's so much to unpack there. One, I love that you <laughs> I love that you told a, a guidance counselor that you want to be a maximum potential finder. That's that's super fun. But you, you did, in seriousness, talk about a couple of things that are interesting that I'm sure a lot of people hearing this can relate to. You talked about your dad, who was basically a simple guy who was happy and was happy with his place in life. And then you talked about your mom, who wasn't so happy. And mm-hmm. so you grew up in a household where there were mixed messages, which a lot of people are exposed to that. But, but taking that even a step further, one of the things that, that you talked about was that this 
this mindset that people had around you to where if you were striving for more, you were not appreciative of the things that are in your life, the blessings that are in your life. So talk to us about how somebody can reconcile both of those things. One, you know, the mixed messages and two, and then I think this is the bigger one. And it, it, what is that separation between gratitude and wanting more? Because right. a lot of us deal with that. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And if I could say in one word what it came down to was motive, like motive for wanting more, right? Uh, and and that's what I that's that's where it clicked for me, where I was like, okay, like it's good because then it shifted to the more I have, the more I can give, you know, the more I create, the more I can serve, uh, the more opportunities that I'm able to create around, like I'm able to serve more people, right? Uh, so with businesses that I opened and providing jobs for people, uh, but I remember being younger and. There was a sense, and I think for me, it started from more of a religious background, uh, where it was just like you know prayer, and 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 when we prayed and said thanks, you know, always saying thanks for the things that we had, uh, and it was like you have enough, you have enough, like you don't need to want more, um, and there was almost there, it was more from a religious root of like it was bad to like desire more, you know, and 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 what I, as I worked with incredible uh, coaches and counselors later, because I really had a horrible, horrible relationship with money because I felt like money was the root of all evil and it was bad to, to desire, right? And it was of the flesh to desire. And, and as I worked with a very successful, wealthy, amazing, you know, spiritual people, they said, it's, it's really like, why do you want it? And, and they started asking questions. And I said, well, I just... I want to be able to do more. I want to be able to give more. I, I remember being in, in college my freshman year and studying in Romania. And I worked hard that summer. And I remember going to Cracker Barrel with my family for brunch. And I saw these Beanie Babies. And I was like, I want all of... I'm like, give me $3,000 of Beanie Babies. <laughs> and as an 18-year-old, I bought $3,000 of Beanie Babies, like little ones. And I took them with me to Romania to give to all the kids at the Roots Center I was working at. And my love language is gifts. Like I, I, I love gifts. And so that was that just like juiced me. I'm like, this is so cool, you know, and like seeing the kids' faces. And I was like, I want to be able to do things like that. And and not, I didn't grow up with money, you know. So I, you know, but I but I felt like having money was bad. I'm like, but it brings so many good things. Like, you know, I remember that next year, my sophomore year, I worked hard and and maybe one day she runs across this. I think to this day she she'll she never knew who did this, but there was someone that was in my honors college and she wanted to do a mission trip in Romania and in, in Russia. And she didn't have the funds and she was really stressed about how she was going to get the funding. And I was blessed, you know, with a great, great job, a great sales job where I made more money than a, than a 19 year old needed to have. <laughs> and, and I, and I wrote, uh, I got a money order for $1,500 and left it under her door in her dorm room. Um, uh, one night, you know, and I remember seeing her the next in, in class and she was like, Kathy, do not believe what happened. And she was sharing with me and I said, Oh my gosh, I'm like, that's amazing. You know, and it was, it was a quiet gift that, you know, was never revealed, you know, to her. And it was just, it, I, for me, I was like, man, that was cool, you know, and, and I want to be able to do those things. And I, and I felt like, you know, God really gave me uh, an ability to be able to create. Uh, to to create to create uh, income right to create businesses and and that was one of the gifts that I was given an ability to really be able to create wealth and and I and I and I felt bad for so many years and and it wasn't until people said well what's your motive for it you know and and really like if you've been given that gift 
I believe it's your responsibility to use it and use it for good, you know, because nonprofits uh, and uh, you know, like I'm sure when you have your nonprofit, it's nice to be able to get some big donations because you can help so many of these kids out and do so many incredible things for them, right? And and whether it's nonprofits or it's people in need, it's disaster relief, you know, it's just blessing, being able to bless others that might not have had the same opportunities, like that excited me. And I was like, I want to do this. I want to build wealth. And for so many years, I gave my money away and I never built wealth. I made a lot of money, but I just gave it away. And then there was a shift in, well, you need to actually take care of yourself as well and, and build wealth so that you're able to sustain those things and continue doing those things. So that was a really big shift was motive uh, and really realizing like money wasn't the root of all evil. Like money can do a lot. It just depends on whose hands it's in, right? Uh, and, and I was really excited to be able to, to do more with that. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you. And I can't wait to see where you'll go. That's so profound. I, I, I think of something David Osborne said on this show a way back when, when he talked about, you know, he, he spent his life building up this mass of cash and now he just wants to spend the rest of his life giving it away. Yeah. But certainly uh, the thing that you said as well, taking care of yourself, having those things in place mm-hmm. are, are critical because you, you can't help other people if you're not helping yourself as well. So right. I, I love everything you've been sharing, Kathy. I want to take a few minutes and let's spend some time talking about your book because I want to talk about some actionable strategies that people can take to live mm-hmm. their life in the way that you know that they're destined, they're capable of being. So talk to us about the book. And and first, let's start with what really drove you to write it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I've been coaching um, young people uh, and then started coaching a lot of their parents uh, for 17 years. Uh, I worked with a a college student work program with Cutco Cutlery and and just coaching individuals through a vehicle of direct sales with Cutco, uh, but really teaching them time management, organization, interpersonal skills, all these things. And and I saw as I started doing it, like for me initially, from my first time interning with the company as a manager, I saw how much this helped people step into their potential, right? And that I was like a potential junkie. And I said, oh my gosh, like I'm watching these people blossom. I'm seeing them grow their skills and and comfort in and just speaking like their interpersonal skills where they came in like all super shy and now they can look at you in the face and have a conversation and and I'm seeing them grow like literally I just I felt them like just grow taller as they were working uh, with us uh, because of the what they were gaining um, with our company and it was it was really neat and so I started talking a lot about that and so it was really funny because people were like oh you've been a sales and entrepreneurship for so long and I was like I feel like I've been a life coach and a practical psychologist <laughs> for so long because so much of what stops people from achievement is mental right like they're mental roadblocks um, emotional mental like it's, it's so internal um, uh, the majority of what stops people from from achieving where they can right 
And, you know, people say like, the sky's the limit. And it's like, no, your mind is. <laughs> like, you're, the, you're your limit. So, uh, you know, I, I've, been, I've been doing this uh, for years and just teaching people like, you know, what do you want? Like, it, we've all been given vehicles. Anyone listening to this, like whether you have a nine to five job, you have your own business, whatever you're doing, like you have a vehicle. And, and this, this, doesn't, this is not necessarily, this is not your destination. And I think a lot of people get stuck with that where they're just like, oh my gosh, like, look where my life led me. Look what I'm doing. And it's like, no, like I want to challenge you right now that, that whatever you have right now is a vehicle to keep you on your journey, to keep moving forward. If you choose it to be that, right? Like you have to make a decision to say, okay, this is my vehicle right now. Now, what we need to identify though is where do we want to go, right? So many people feel stuck wherever they're wherever they are currently, versus looking at it as a season or whatever you know job or opportunity, whatever's providing any income right now as a vehicle. And and so I, I shared this a lot with my guys. I said, you know, many of the people that I worked with didn't have sales as their planned end goal, right? Like that wasn't their career choice. That wasn't. What they wanted to do, and I said, you know, you've been blessed with this right now in this season. How can you utilize this to serve you? Like, what what can you gain from it? You know, and so for me, it started with figuring out what do they want for themselves. Like, what do you want? Like, what do you want for your life? Right, and that was something that early on for my dad and and, and my mom, like knowing like what they wanted, and then you know, one's life matched up, one's didn't, and that's where like the joy you know was or wasn't. So it was like, how do we create more joy in our lives? Well, we need to be aligned with the things that like make us come alive, you know, whatever those are. And and so I, I started doing dream sessions. You know, I remember reading years ago, uh, I don't know, I think it was like 2006 or so, um, but I read the book called The Dream Manager. And I was like, yes, you know, like Matthew Kelly like nailed it. And I said, this is great, you know, and, and I've been talking to people in those early years uh, about what they wanted, you know, for a couple of years. At that point, uh, since 2002, 2003 is where I really learned to like set a goal, like let's break it down, you know, and just on a very basic level. But when I read this book, I was stretched. I was like, oh my gosh, I've never even thought about all this. And he covered, and I, and I talk about this in my book um, as well, like, well, these, all these different categories and adventure goals and legacy goals and psychological goals. And so I started thinking about this and I had my first personal like dream session where it was like, don't stop till you have over a hundred, you know, and just play and have fun. Let your mind explore. Like time is not an issue. Money's not an issue. Like you could do anything. What would your life look like? You know, what are the components of it? And as I did that, I, I got really jazzed with that. And that became a really big part of my coaching was having people do that and then taking that and going, okay, now identify. Um, and I'd have, you know, my, my clients or, you know, the guys that worked for me, uh, whoever I was working with, uh, identify like, what, what are your top 20, right? Like, what are the ones that are like, they must happen? They're not just like, oh, it would be nice. Cause there's a lot of things that'll be on that list. And it's like, oh, it would be nice. But if they didn't happen, you'd be okay. And then there's some that as you do that, you're like, no, this must happen, you know? And identifying those like non negotiable, you know, goals that you put on there that you're like, this must happen. And, and this is, this is what, what will bring purpose to, to my life? Because I believe that, you know, for me, people are like, what's the purpose of my life? What's I'm like, I believe the purpose is to find the things that make us come alive and do more of that and shine at our highest level so that we really encourage those around us to do the same, right? Like, I really believe that. I'm like, find what makes you light up. <laughs> I'm like, that's what you need to do. So um, then, so we take that. And so the book is designed in that process where the first third is all about what do you want? Why do you want it, right? And really identifying that. Because I think it's important to really know why you want something because 
it's going to get tough, right? We're, we're going to hit adversity. We're going to have obstacles. That's, that's, a, that's just so everyone knows, it will happen. I don't care who you are, how successful you are. Like We all have to overcome because the world we live in is full of challenges and adversity. And it's also full of hurting people that hurt others. And unfortunately, we have to deal with that too, right? So um, really knowing that. And, and so that when those things hit, like our mind's like, no, like we have to get over there. Like even though this is, seems like a roadblock, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reroute. And if your mind knows where it needs to go, it's like a GPS. And so it'll reroute, you know? Uh, but it has to know where it's going in order for it to be able to do that. And so the second of the book, the second part is it's very, I'm very practical. Like I was an accountant. I'm very one plus one equals two, you know, like uh, very practical um, in my thinking. And, and so I, I just, I like to know, it's not just like dreaming and, and like, oh, but I'm like, how do we do it? That makes a lot of sense, Kathy. And I, and I like that we're moving into the concrete because the, the dreaming, the sessions, the visualizing, that's all important stuff. But take us through that component, which so many people miss this piece, which is moving from having a dream to actually putting that into action to, to make those life transformations. Right. Um, absolutely. And so the, the next thing is like, there has to be a plan, right? And so that's the, the second part of the book is called Your Master Plan. And it's really taking, okay, what do we want to focus? And you've got to, you've got to take bite-sized pieces. Like that's the thing. Like I think that a lot of times people have these big lofty, you know, goals, which is fantastic, uh, but it's overwhelming. It's scary. Uh, it just seems so far off, you know? And, and, and it was for me too. Like I remember as simple as my first were when I said, I want to earn $5,000. It was like, oh my gosh, like I'd never earned that much. And I wanted to do it part-time around another job. And, and they broke down those numbers. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I can so do this. And my manager said, do you want to see what it would take to make 10,000? I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he broke it down. And I was like, 20 calls per day? Really? Four appointments per day? I was like, I can still do that. And, and I ended up earning $22,000 in two and a half months as a 19-year-old. And, and it was just like, I learned the power of like breaking things down. Because when you see the smaller um, action, it's, it's a lot easier to chew, right? And, and it feels a lot more manageable than seeing the whole. But you have to have the whole and then break it down. So we go through this process of like, all right, you've got this goal. Now, what do we... You have all these goals that have to get done. What do you want to get done this year? So first identifying like, what needs to happen now? Like, what am I focused on now? Pick the one to three things that you really want to go after. And I always say, pick one big thing and then to, you know, add another couple that are like smaller goals that'll just feel good to knock them off your dreams list. Uh, and it might be like, Taking salsa classes, or you know, like just doing something fun like that. So, pick pick those things that you can do. Like pick a couple things to to go after, and then breaking down. Okay, in order to do this, like what would need to get done, right? And so, really identifying all the actions that would have to be taken in order to achieve that, and and then breaking it down per whether it's quarter or semester, right? Because I work with students and professionals, uh, but looking at what would need to happen, and then monthly and then weekly and and in some cases daily. Sometimes it's just three times a week and sometimes it's every day. And it's been really neat to work with clients. I had a, a client who wanted to open his own training business, like a personal trainer. Um, so I asked him, you know, what money do you need? What resources? And we sat down and broke things down and he's like, I need $10,000. I don't know how I'm ever going to get that. <laughs> you know, and we we broke everything down and I was like, okay, Alex, like literally if you cut out one happy hour a week, 
you know, and I knew I said, How much do you spend on happy hour? He's like, ah, you know, he's like, sometimes $60, $80, sometimes, you know, $150. And I was like, dude, <laughs> I was like, if we cut that and we sat down and looked at it, and it literally all it was gonna take for him is skipping happy hour once a week, and he would have what he needed over the course of the next three years. And I said, and then if you add this component, you can get this done in a year. And so it's up to you how much you want it and how much you're willing to sacrifice, right? And I said, so do pregame at your house, go to Costco, buy some handles. <laughs> and I was like, and then, you know, go out and have some fun. I said, but that's gonna make things, it's gonna help you get there quicker, right? And and he was able to to, to open and start his business within a year and a half, you know. And I had a, a lady who wanted to take her kids to Europe. And she she was like, I don't know, like, you know, with the money that I make. And uh, she's like, I just don't know how I'm gonna be able to afford that. You know, like I need just for flights (laughs) because she had three kids and she was showing me this. And again, we broke down and I said, okay, how much would you need? You know, looked at her earnings, broke it all down. And and for her, I said, if you just save, you know, a hundred dollars a week and and we sat down and I said, you'll have that, you know, within uh, two years, you'll be able to do your Europe trip. If you want to do it in one year, here's what you would need to do. Here's what would you need to sacrifice or take on like some extra fun projects where you can earn some extra income. And we just got creative with things. And by the way, she did that trip in eight months. That's <laughs> like awesome. She got that done. And so I can go on and on, but it just it goes through different examples, different types of things, scenarios, and just breaking it down. You have to break it down to the biceps because all of a sudden when you see that, you're like, oh my gosh, I can do that. Right? Like I can do that. And then you have to commit to it because I do see some of your like, plans and they're just plans on paper that never get done. And so there has to be a commitment. And so I walk through that too in the book of like, well, what would it, what would it mean not to do that, not to take action? Like if you didn't take action, like what would your life look like? You know, and really looking at worst case scenarios of it. Uh, and are you okay with that? Right. In some cases, you're like, yeah, I don't care. That's fine. If that, if my life went that way, I don't care. You know, and some things you're like, heck no, <laughs> like I cannot do that. Like my kids won't have a house. You know, like that was one of my clients. She was a realtor <laughs> and she was like scared of me. She's like, I don't like making phone calls. I'm like, really? I'm like, why'd you pick this career? <laughs> and, and, and she just didn't like, she got anxiety when she had to make a lot of phone calls. And when we went through stuff, I said, well, why do you work? She's like, well, I have three boys. They need a house. I'm like, well, who cares? She's like, what do you mean? Like they need a roof over their head. And I'm like, well, how about if you didn't have that? She's like, what do you mean? I go, well, how about if you guys didn't have a house? How about if you didn't have this? And, and she's like, what? Then they'd, we'd be homeless. And my kids would have this and they couldn't have school. And I go, are you okay with that? She's like, no. I'm like, then make your damn calls. <laughs> it's like, you know, and, and she, you know, put a sign over a desk that was like 20 calls a day equals the life of my dreams, you know? And like things that reminded her of like why she was doing things uh, to be able to, to, to continually take action and stay committed to that. And the last part of the book is all about your environment because um, uh, one of the one of the uh, analogies that I use um, constantly as I speak, Dr. Richard, is uh, about a seed, you know, and the seed of possibilities. And I'm like, if you leave a seed, I think every one of us is a seed that has so much potential within it. But the seed left on the counter, if I just left it right here on my computer, it's going to remain a seed. But a seed in the right environment and nourish can grow into something amazing that can provide oxygen and beauty and, and even you know food uh, to those around it. But it has to be in the right environment. And so the same with us. You know, we have this potential within us, but we're not in the right environment. We're never able to grow into that, you know? Um, and in some cases, maybe we're trying, but then we have like weeds around us and negative people that just like bring us down and rip us apart. And so we have to be very conscious of that. So I talk a lot about 
your internal environment, your external environment, um, really protecting your energy, um, your mental energy, spiritual energy, emotional energy, you know, all the mental, physical, spiritual, emotional. There we go. <laughs> so how do, you, how do you do that? How does one protect that energy you're talking about? So I go through, and I think it's important to just know what they are, right? Like your mental energy is, is, the, is the energy of productivity, you know? And so does your mind know what it needs to do? Or are you scattered all over the place, right? You're, you can only make so many decisions in a day. Like you're, there's so much science and, and studies behind that, but just really giving your, your to-dos. And so I, you know, with planning, I have my schedule for the, for, I know for the year, for the month, for the week. And so every week I take an hour to look at my week and what needs to happen, what didn't get done last week, what needs to get done, any kids appointments, this, that, you know, whatever needs to happen, just looking at it. And then every day taking five minutes, just walk through your day. Like while you're having a cup of tea in the morning or, you know, you're, you're driving to, you drop off the kids at school or, you know, right after your meditation. And, and I know everyone has different morning rituals. Um, and that's a big thing I talk about there is having some kind of a morning ritual but at least taking 10 minutes to yourself in the morning, even if it's when you pull up to work, sitting there for 10 minutes to just visualize, breathe, be grateful and set yourself up you know, for that day. But just walking through what needs to get done that day because then your mind knows and it's important to know what has to get done um, because then you can interrupt the interruptions. right? And that's going to help your mental energy. I have a lot of tips in the book too about things you can do, chunking and you know, different breaks and stuff for your mind. Um, and then there are and links uh, to people and individuals like you, Dr. Richard, who have a lot more experience in science, you know, and, and background with neurology and, and things that affect that. Um, with emotional energy, I mean that that is energy of really goes to like the happiness type energy, right? Like when we're when we have great relationships, when we have great conflict and you know resolution, uh, we're able to walk through things, and there's this joy. You know, versus depression, anger, stress, anxiety. And so what are the things that bring that? And so I think from doing activities that you enjoy, like going to a dance class once a week, you know, uh, having dinner with your partner, like doing things that you know um, bring joy, uh, as well as knowing how you're going to handle when you have negative emotions. How do we bring those up? Like what are things that you can do? Uh, for me, deep breathing is a huge thing that really helps shift my energy. When I'm feeling frazzled, like taking deep breaths and I'm like, okay, you know, and that really helps me refocus and calm myself. Right. And so there's different tips and keys there on emotional uh, energy. Um, uh, we have spiritual energy, which, you know, is, is different for everyone where they'll receive that from. Right. But just connecting with something bigger than you, or sometimes it's just connecting within yourself. Right. Uh, but you know, some people it's earthing and, and walking outside barefoot, meditation, yoga. For me, it's prayer um, uh, and and you know devotion and uh, going to church or small groups. And so everybody's different with what they do. So with spiritual energy, just taking time to to again connect with something bigger than you, something that gives you that energy, that source outside of you, or from within you because there's so much inside of us and we don't take time to like stop and connect to that, right? So there's so much there that can help. Uh, and then physical, I mean, that's the foundation of our energy. That's what most people think energy is. It's just physical. Like, oh, I go to sleep at night. I recharge like a battery, like my phone. I wake up the next day and I go until my energy has gone. You know? But think about how many times have we not slept, you know, been low on physical energy, but yet we were so 
like fired up and had this incredible energy because we were excited about something. And that came from emotional energy that was driving us, right? Um, and on the opposite side, there's people who are in incredible shape. They eat great. They're working out. They're doing all these great things. And their energy is so low because they're depressed. And their relationships are awful. And they just hate their lives, right? <laughs> so um, uh, we really... I, I dive into all of those factors. And there's some um, good stuff there as well. And, and, and honestly, there's, there's more, there are more qualified people to really speak to those. And so I share some of my you know, practical applications that have helped me in my life uh, and, and resources where people can look more into things. But you know, a lot with... You know, are we taking care of the foundation, our health? How are we eating? Are we sleeping? You know, exercise, those are basics of physical, which is what everything else is built upon. Uh, but knowing that there's more uh, that fuels that. And then the people around you. And I talk a lot about 